The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. At the door. It's in you alone that our confidence is hinged. Father, we ask that in every life present in this place today, in every life joining us over the internet, that you do that which eyes have not seen, do that which ears have not heard, do that which has not even begun to enter into the hearts of men. And let the name of Jesus and Jesus alone be glorified. Honor and glory we give unto you. Honor and glory we give unto you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. So this morning we are looking at a teaching we've titled Bring It On. Bring it on. Everyone say, Bring it on. Bring it on. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what's going on there, but I think folks are trying to get excited about it. Now, um, or you could say, Let the streams flow, or let the waters flow, but bring it on. Bring it on. Praise the name of the Lord. You know, there was a time in, 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 in the time in the history of, of the nation of Israel that God had said to them to go and take possession of their promised land. I mean, this land has been promised for centuries, over 400 years, 430 years precisely before then. And God had said to them, go and take it. Now, God said, choose 12 spies and let them go and spy the land. And the purpose of the spying of the land is to show you that the land that you are going in is a land that is actually flowing with milk and honey. But the 12 spies went to the land, you know the story, and they saw the milk and honey, but they also saw the giants. And they came back and ten of them focused their report exclusively on the giants. That they are giants in the land. We are meat for them. They, we are like grasshoppers in our own eyes. These people are strong. They are big. They are children of Anak. And they are powerful. We are just slaves that have just been set free. But two of them had a different report. Caleb and, and Joshua. And Caleb and Joshua said... Even though they are giants in the land, we are able to go up and take the mountain and possess the land from Jordan to the sea. Though the giants will be on the way to hinder, God will surely give us victory. That was the song they were singing. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. And, and Caleb stilled the whole congregation and said, listen, Yes, they are giants, but they are bread for us. This land is filled with milk and honey. And because the majority had 
the louder voice, they drowned their voice practically in the hearts of the children of Israel, that the children of Israel did not now listen to what Caleb and Joshua were saying, and they were now discouraged, and they were despondent, and they were looking down, they were just very sad that, oh, God has brought us out to, 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 to give us to giants to kill, really? And God said to them, this, that old generation should not enter the promised land. You see, one of the challenges of working with God is this. God expects us to align whether it makes sense or not. You know, I said challenges because, I mean, it should be a no-brainer because if, if God says enter, even though there are giants in it, what should we do? We should enter. But many times, the, the challenge is our brains begin to work. We begin to say, how can, we, how can this happen? How can God deliver this land to us? And so that whole generation, God said, will not see the promised land, including their leader Moses, for a different reason. So, <laughs> okay, you are God. If you want to Get rid of a whole generation. Keep them outside. And let us that have testified positively go in with the children. And we'll take the land and they will just perish in the wilderness. Is that not that's a simpler strategy? But God, you know, God is the ancient of days, doesn't grow old. Time is he can wait out anybody and any situation. So God waited them out. So God waited, and they were all dying one by one, except for Caleb and Joshua. Then they took the land when that old generation had died. And when they took the land, the tribe of Reuben and Gad and Ab the tribe of Manasseh stayed on the east side of Jordan and said, Oh, <laughs> we are okay here. Okay, God says it's fine. That even happened while Moses was alive. When they crossed the Jordan, nine and a half tribes, for five years, they were taking over cities. They were, they were taking over houses they did not build. They were taking over vineyards that they did not plant. They were taking over wells that they did not dig. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, you will take over houses you did not build, vineyards you did not plant, and wells that you did not dig. <laughs> you know, don't just sit there and say, oh, how can this be? I just told you what happened to those that said that. <laughs> so the story picks up in Joshua chapter 14. Joshua 14 from verse 6. And, and, the, word, and, and the word of God says, and a delegation from the tribe of Judah, Caleb was the undisputable leader of the tribe of Judah, at this time. Led by Caleb, son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, came to Joshua at Gilgal. Caleb said to Joshua, remember what the Lord said to Moses, the servant of, of God, the man of God, about you and me, and when we were at Kadesh Bani. I was 40 years old then, 
when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barney to explore the land of Canaan, I returned and gave an honest report. But my brothers, who he was narrating the story to the person that was rightly involved in the whole process, <laughs> so I said, just, we are going to see why that is necessary. But my brothers who went with me frightened the people from entering the promised land. For my part, I wholeheartedly, everybody say wholeheartedly, I wholeheartedly followed the Lord my God. So that day, Moses solemnly, solemnly promised me the land of Cana on which you were just walking will be your grant of land and that of your descendants forever because you wholeheartedly, everything wholeheartedly, because you wholeheartedly follow the Lord your God. Now as you can see, the Lord has kept me alive and well as he promised for all these 45 years. Since Moses made this promise. Even while Israel wandered in the wilderness. Today, I am 85 years old. I am as strong now as I was when Moses sent me on that journey. Listen, you can be as strong as you are in 85 as you are at 40. I know many people receive that promise here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's what. Let me get ahead of myself. Okay, cool. Uh, send me on the journey. And I can still travel and fight as well as I could then. So give me this ill country. Bring it on. Give me this mountain. Let it flow. Let it gush. Bring it on, Caleb said to Joshua. That the Lord promised me, you will remember that as scouts, we found the descendants of Anak living there in great walled towns. Says, but if the Lord is with me, I will drive them out of the land. <laughs> Just as the Lord <laughs> As said. Now listen. When God has a promise for you. You must decide what will happen to that promise. What happens to that promise is up to you. Really. And God said to Caleb. Through Moses. Hebron. Is yours. Take it. Is yours. The word Hebron is from is from the um, the Hebrew word that that spells Chevron. I don't know where if that's where they got the Chevron from, but but if it is, I wouldn't be surprised. And it means it's derived from the, 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 the root word is Sheva or Chiva or Chava. And it, is, it means to unite, to join, 
to associate association companion now this place called Hebron used to be a place called Kebat Abba Abba is, a, is, is one of the descendants of, of, of the Amorite it's a giant one of the greatest guy there and they named it at time but God said it is a place for you Hebron it is yours take it now the same place was where Abraham was first called Hebrew the Hebrew praise the name of the Lord it is the same place that Sarah was buried and it is the first capital that God gave David when he became king over Judah. The first seven and a half years when he was king over Judah, he was ruling from Hebron before he became king over Israel and was ruling from Jerusalem. So, this city is a predominant city. And one man one man says, it is my portion. And one man took Hebron. You will take your Hebron in the name of Jesus. So Hebron, in association, the, the, the best definition of Hebron that, that, I've, that, I've kept, that I came across is, is this. Is that Hebron is a place where we relate with people not on the basis of what they do for us, but in recognition of God's work in bringing us together. You see, there are some people, you may not like their faces, but they are pivotal to your destiny. There are some people that you may not even like how they talk, but you need them to fulfill your destiny. And that is the place of Hebron. We are better together. You need to look at the big picture. Praise the name of the Lord. You may not like how I dance. But I'm relevant to your destiny. <laughs> I may not like how you shout for Jesus. But you are relevant to my destiny. That is what Hebron brings to us. It's a place... I know you move very fast, right? <laughs> it's a place where we relate to people not on the basis of what they, they are, who they are, what they do for us. It's a place where we relate to people in recognition of God's work in bringing us together. God's work for the global general good, for the big picture. And every time God wants to release a stream in your life. You must have this understanding. That you are getting into the place that God has for you. Not, not because of you alone. There are destinies that are tied to you. President of the Lord. The place of Hebron. The place of the new streams. I mean, I, think about it. God did not say, I'm going to give you a new cup. 
of water. If he says a, a, a new, new jug of fresh water, you know it's for you and your family, right? What did he say? New streams. Now, now, how many liters can you drink alone from the new streams? How many liters? Come as thirsty as you are. By the time you are finished, the stream is still pouring over you. So, there must be a bigger picture. There must be a bigger picture. The, God is bringing you in because of a greater destiny. So, we need to lose sight of this, me, myself, I just, I just want to pay school fees, pay rent. How can you just exist to pay school fees and pay rent and die? There must be more. Praise the name of the Lord. <laughs> there must be more. And, and, and God is, is, is bringing us into the place of new streams to realize that the people is bringing into our lives are not necessarily people that we like. Or let me put it this way. We shouldn't make likeness the basis of divine connection. Don't make I like your face the basis of divine connection. There are people you may not like their faces, but you will like it afterwards. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. So, so, so God is saying to you and I, I want to give you Hebron, a walled city. A city that is filled with giants. You did not build it. You did, but I am giving it to you. Praise the name of the Lord. I'm giving it to you. So, so everybody say, bring it on. <laughs> bring it on. And that is the spirit of Caleb. Bring it on. It was 85. Bring on a giant. It was 85. Bring it on. Bring on all the things that God has for me. Bring it on. So obviously from that passage of scripture, there are two things that Caleb obviously said to the Lord and to, to, to Joshua. Bring it on. And the first is this. Caleb is saying, bring on the promises of God. Bring it on. Promises it on. Bring on. Bring it on. Bring it on. The question is, can you stand to be blessed? Many people can't stand to be blessed. We apologize for God's blessings in our lives. You can't even wear God's promotion. You, you, God has promoted you. You say, ah, Pastor, let me hide this. Let me hide this. Let me hide this. You know, <laughs> years ago, I was speaking to one of my daughters, and, and um, you know, she was, you know, getting promotions and promotions and promotions. And she was single at the time and, and she was going to get this brand new SUV. I said, oh, but pastor, I can't buy this brand new SUV. All right, I can't take it. You know, I, I said, why? She says, if, if, if I'm riding a, an SUV that's about, at the time, maybe 15 million, you know, which husband will marry me? Which man will, will marry me? I said, exactly. I said, your husband will marry you. By the time you are driving at SUV, you have eliminated some mediocre men. <laughs> <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. 
So you need someone that has the capacity to look you in the eye and still, you know. <laughs> but today is history. He's married. Many times we think I need to tone down God's... Come on! Bring it on! Now, I'm not... I'm not I mean, I'm, I'm, when it comes to uh, material things, it's neither here nor there for me, if you, if you know me very well. By God's grace, I'm, I'm far from materialistic. And I see money as a tool, as a tool to do God's work. I've never also criticized pastors that have private jets. I don't want, I'm, I'm, I, don't say I, I don't say I want one. I don't, don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm happy, even my car is not even, you know, just a normal regular car. You know what I mean? You know? You see, but an event happened in my last last weekend that I said, ah, I need a private jet. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm getting one. I'm not saying I can afford one. I'm just saying, if if God had blessed me with a private jet two months ago, I would have given it out. But if he blesses me now, I will I will lease it out to be at my call. So anytime I need it, I can get on it. Because I needed to make a call and there was no way I would have done it if I didn't have a private jet. Praise the name of the Lord. (laughs) So I'm saying, okay, I mean, don't get me wrong, I may never have a private jet. That's not an objective. I'm just saying, I'm not afraid of it. Bring it on. <laughs> President of the Lord. You know, that's why it's good not to criticize people, though. Oh, it's good not to criticize people. They were bashing all those pastors. That, I, I, I didn't see anything. I didn't understand it. I was like, why does anybody even need a private anyway? But it's in the end of there for me. But I saw the need. Pastor Jude said to me, Pastor, you know you need a private jet now. I said, I don't know. The point is this. God, many of us are too afraid to step into what God has for us. Caleb said, bring it on. Bring it on. Ah, can you stand the, the backbiting? Can you stand the wave of, of jealousy? Can you stand it? So, he's saying, Bring on the promises. Bring on the promises. He's saying, bring on the promises. So, before we get on the next on on the screen, let's look at verse 12. Bring on the promises. So, give me the ill country that the Lord, ever said the Lord. Caleb stood and demanded that the promise of God be fulfilled. He stood and demanded that the promise of God be fulfilled fulfilled. You need to stand. 
and demand that the promise of God be fulfilled. You, Caleb stood and demanded it and says, this is what you said. It demanded that the promise of God be fulfilled. In Psalm 119, verse 89, Psalm 119, verse 89, it says, Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. It is settled forever. Forever, forever. Oh, Lord, your word. Now, it's a big deal what Caleb did. It's a huge deal. Everybody, if you read from verse 1 of, of Joshua 14, everybody got their lot of land through, their portion of land through lots, through what they call divine lots. So they were casting lots. So I, I said to you, the, the tribe of um, Reuben and Gad and the half tribe of Manasseh were already settled on the other side of Jordan, east side of Jordan. But nine and the half tribes, they were casting lots to get their land. Everybody was waiting for Lot. Caleb demanded for his own. Everybody was waiting. Let's see what God, what will happen. Let's see what and life will deal me. Let's see if I will be favored. Let's see if I will get married. Let's see if I will have children. Let's see if I will have a great job. Let's see if I will fulfill my destiny. But Caleb says, I will fulfill my destiny. In fact, this is my destiny. Give me this mountain. Bring it on. Bring it on. Caleb insisted. He insisted because he, he, he knew that forever, oh Lord, your word is settled. You promised. Caleb insisted on what God had promised. Forever, O oh Lord, your word is settled. What has God promised you? Insist on it. Insist on what God has promised you. For some of you, God has promised you, you see, twins. You've had a boy, you've had a girl. The twins have not come. Insist on it. Say, but pastor, I've had a boy, I've had two girls, and I've had another boy. There are four of them, but God promised me twins. What do I do? <laughs> I say, pastor, school fees. School fees. <laughs> what should you do? Bring it on. <laughs> you should say to God, what? Bring it on. Say, but pastor, I have two boys and two girls already. And But God, before I started having children, God has shown me that I'm going to have twins. But I have two boys and two girls. They are single beds. So what do I do now? Let everyone be fully persuaded. <laughs> because... <laughs> Some husbands are looking at their wives that don't listen to that one, no. <laughs> you, should, you should hear all the other, the powerful ones that he was saying, no. Just leave the twins, so. Our children will burn the twins. <laughs> after all, after all, God's word goes from generation to generation. 
Praise the name of the Lord. But you see, whatever God says to you, insist on it. Insist on what God promised you. Insist on what... You see, and which is why you shouldn't miss the daily vigils starting from tomorrow. Because, hallelujah, because what we'll be doing, we'll be insisting. We'll be placing a demand on heaven on what God has promised. This is what you said. You know, let me tell you, the, the very first time I can remember I've heard the Holy Spirit laugh. How many of you have heard the Holy Spirit laugh before? I have. <laughs> the very first time I can remember I heard the Holy Spirit laugh. It was a serious laughter. <laughs> you know what was happening? We were having a conversation. I was reading my Bible. I was, you know, maintaining the word. And I said to her, I said, because I, I needed to, I needed to get into this reality of can I trust God's word? Can I put my life on the line for God's word? And I, and I said to, to, to him, I said, excuse me. I have a question. My question is this. When Jesus said, anything you ask the Father in my name, I will do unto you. Did they put a gun in his head when he was saying that? And he started laughing. I was like, I really want to know, was he under duress? Did anybody threaten him? Were we not sitting down, JJ, before he says that we should ask anything in his name? So why will he not answer? Tell me. I need to know. I mean, of course, I was, I'm a small boy talking to my father. Do you understand? I was, you know, being very, uh, saying so many things that, I mean, I'm foolish. I understand that. But I needed to understand, it, is your word dependable? Can I? I laughed. And that was the end of the conversation. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. In verse 6 of Joshua 14, verse 6, Joshua 14, the word of God says, Caleb said to Joshua, remember what the Lord had said to Moses, the man of God. Remember. You know, the challenge with a lot of us, we don't remember things that God has said to us. We don't remember. We do a lot of writing. But you see, when it matters most, you don't remember. That's why a lot of people are worrying. That's why, they, I mean, fear is gripping a lot of people's lives. Because we don't remember. We have a lot of information. But this information, they are not retrievable when it's needed most. And when you have information, I don't care the amount of Bible verses that you have written down. The amount of great quotes you have written down. When you cannot retrieve it when you need it the most, it is useless. Information that is not retrievable when needed is useless. When you are going through your challenge, when you get in the grind, when you face the press, when the whole world seems to be crashing down on you, and what is left is, hey, baby, something is wrong with that. Should you say, hey, baby, if you want to, but please don't end it with Ekbami. Ended it with God's promises. This is what you said. This is what you said. 
this is what you said. You have to remember. Everybody say, remember. This is what the Lord says. Bring up that scripture again, please. This is what the Lord said concerning me. Not what the world said. Not what the devil said. Not what I said. This is what the Lord said. This is what the Lord said. I know that there's a lot of, I mean, teaching on, you know, just name it and claim it. But you see, you can only name it and claim it if the Lord has said it. You can only name it and claim it if the Lord has said it. But you need to realize and remember what has God said. What is that thing that God has said? Look at your situation. The greatest question you need to answer is what is God saying now about this situation? That's the greatest question you need to answer. What's God saying? What is God saying? What is God saying? Everybody's relocating. You want to relocate. What is God saying? What is God saying? May you not go and wash toilet for the rest of your life. <laughs> what is God saying? I mean, I'm not saying folks should not relocate. If God has called you to relocate, please do, and God will bless you. My, I'm the only one in Nigeria and all my siblings. There are six of us. Everybody's out of the country. And God is blessing them. So I have, I have no issues with people relocating. But the question is, what is God telling you? What is God telling you? Everybody's selling pure water, so I must sell pure water. No, 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 no. What has God said to you? Can you bring up that scripture again? What has God said? Remember what the Lord had said to Moses. What the Lord had said. Verse 8. He says, but my brothers who went with me <laughs> frightened the people from entering the promised land. For my part, I wholeheartedly followed the Lord. Wholeheartedly there means I just... Caleb was not saying I, I, was, I was the only perfect one among them. Was, was that what he was saying? Was he saying I was the only one that had no sin among them? Was that what he was saying? It was, what, what he was saying it, it was simple. I, I am totally loyal to what God wants to do. That's what Caleb was saying. I'm totally aligned with God. I don't have my plans. I don't have a plan B. I don't have, I don't have a backup plan. There's only one plan. And it is the backup plan also. Praise the name of the Lord. That's what it means to wholeheartedly. Everybody say wholeheartedly. And because of that, by the time we get to verse 11, we see here, it says, I am as strong now as I was when Moses sent me on that journey. I can still travel and fight. That's what he said. That's what he said. That's what it means. That's the Yoruba uh, version of it. If you check the Yoruba Bible, you see there. Maybe not. <laughs> fight as well as I could. You know, when you hold on to God's word, when you hold on to God's promises, <laughs> it lengthens your days and strengthens your health. Holding on to God's promise, lengthens your days and strengthens your health. When you hold on to God's word, 
when your, your mates have expired, you will still be strong. Praise the name of the Lord. 40 years in the wilderness. 40 years in the wilderness. He held on. He held on. He was 40 then. 40 years after he held on. When they entered the promised land 40 years after, you would think he would first go and, and lay claims on, on his own land. No, he helped other people get their land. President of the Lord. You know, how is it when you are helping other people and they are getting their breakthroughs? You pray with someone, he gets a new job. You are still believing God for, for a job. And another person comes, oh, please, my sister, pray with me. You pray with them, they get double promotion. You are still where you are. Another person says, pray with me. You pray with them, and they get the breakthrough. But you are still expecting your breakthrough. Another person comes, they pray with me. They say, wait, 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 wait. I, I, I hope you are not collecting my blessings. <laughs> Many people won't understand that there's a timing with God. There's a timing with God. When you help people, God will help you. What you make happen for others, God will make happen for you. He said, I can still fight. I can still travel. Hold on. When you hold on to God's promises, jealousy will be firing from you. Caleb was the one that it was before all these people. He was the one that went to spy the land. Yet, he was one of the last settlements. He was one of the last people that got their land. He helped every other. He fought battles for people. He fought battles for the other tribes. For five years. Then he came. You need to hold on to God's word. Hold on to God's word. Just hold on. Don't give up. Just hold on. It's going to come to pass. While you're holding up, help other people get their own miracle. Help them. Celebrate them. Help them get into their breakthroughs. While you're holding on to yours. Help people. God says to us, Jesus is coming. And Jesus is coming to take us. Do you believe that promise? Hold on. When I get to heaven, I know who I will see. I will see my and sing hallelujah, amen. Sing hallelujah, sing hallelujah. Sing hallelujah, amen. What promise are you holding on to? Don't give up. Everyone say, don't give up. Caleb said, bring it on. Bring on the promises. Bring on the promises. Bring it on. God made a promise through Moses. Moses died. Caleb says the promise did not die. Bring it on. <laughs> Moses may die, but the promise of God remains. Bring it on. I've said it from the beginning. It is so important that you get this. It is the promises you take hold of that become yours. It is the promises you take hold of that become yours. It is so, so powerful. God has spoken. It will come to pass. Numbers 23, 19 says that God is not a man, so he does not lie. He's not human, so he does not change his mind. 
Has he ever spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried it through? This God is not a man. God is dependable. God is not a man that he should lie. You need to hold on to the promise. Bring it on. We are standing at the vigils and we are saying to heaven, bring it on. All the promises, bring it on. That's why if you, are, if you accept, accept your, your job takes you to Abuja, you know, also, this week, make the vigils from Monday. Praise the name of the Lord. Make the vigils. We will not give up. Verse 6 of Joshua 14, verse 6, he says, and Caleb said to Joshua, now, this is where it gets interesting. You must get this. Remember what the Lord <laughs> had said to Moses. What who said? I said to Moses, the man of God. About who? You and me. Moses spoke and gave that promise to Joshua and Caleb. Now see what happens there. When we went to, when we were at Kabashgani, verse 12, fast forward. So give me the hill country that the Lord promised me. You will remember as scouts when we found the giants there in the world towns. But if the Lord be with me, I will drive them out of the land. What's going on here? Caleb says to Joshua, I don't know about you. Give me my mountain. If you like, be roaming about and be supervising everybody. Me? You were there, you heard it yourself. They promised us, both of us. Whether you are entering your promise or not, is your business. I'm entering my promise. See, there comes a time that the promise of God must be personal to you. Otherwise, it remains elusive. Every time, the promise of God is given many times it's general. But you see, until that general promise, the promise they made to you and Joshua, becomes a promise to you alone, it remains elusive. Until the promise they made to, until the God's word for God's favorite house, for everybody, becomes God's word for you, becomes elusive. So, hallelujah. So, the promise of God may be general, but it remains elusive until it is personal. Until it's personal. You may read the Bible, and it's just, I mean, if you, if you, some of you know me, I take the word of God very personal. It's as if God was, I'm the only one they wrote the Bible for. When God says, be above only, the only thing I see there is, Olufe Mimunei, be above only. That's, that's all I see. Praise the name of the Lord. Make it personal. Josh Caleb, what separated Caleb? He said, bring it on. Bring on the promises. He made it personal. The second thing, very quickly, that Caleb demanded to be brought on was a giant. <laughs> it's 
bring on the giants. Bring it on. All of them as one. They are coming down. All of them. They are coming down. Bring on the giants. Verse 12. So now, I ask you, give me this ill country. This is the voice translation. The eternal one spoke about on that day. You heard when then how the Anakim were there with great fortified cities. God is bringing you into a great fortified city and you will overcome it in the mighty name of Jesus. Great fortified cities and so they are still. It's because the eternal one goes with me. I will drive them out. Just as he said. It is foolhardy to think that you can take the land without taking on the giants. It is childish to think that a land flowing with milk and honey will not be occupied and protected. If you see a land that is not filled with giants, the land is worth nothing. The land God has promised you is a good land. Praise the name of the Lord. Expect the giants. And there's something we want to say to them. And that is what? Bring it on. <laughs> Bring it on. That's what Caleb said. Bring it on. Bring them on. All the giants. All of them as one. Pack all of them together. Knock their heads together and bring them. It was 85. He said, I'm going to deal with them. All of them. Giants. Not, these are huge, terrible warriors. But he said something that is huge. Because the Lord is with me. And that is what we should never forget. By ourselves, we can do nothing. But if the Lord be with us, there's nothing that will stop us. So, if God is with you, there's nothing that will stop you. Absolutely nothing. And many times, you know, we, 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 are, we don't get, we really don't understand it because we, we, mix, we mix it up because we expect that God will do certain things for us. But God will not do certain things for you. You have to do them yourself. See, because the eternal one goes with me, he will drive out the giants. Is that what the Bible says? No. Read again. Because the eternal one goes with me, I will drive out the giants. It is my call. I will not send God to do what he has sent me to do. Stop trying to send God to do what he has sent you to do. There are things only you can do. You can't do the things God can do and God will not do the things he has sent you to do. You cannot do God's part and he will not do your part. That's how it is. That's how it is. He will be with you, but you have to drive them out. Ours is to pray. His is to answer. You can't answer your prayer. How many people can, here can answer their prayers? 
if you can answer your prayer, it's too small. You can't answer your prayers. It's only God that can answer your prayers. Only God. But guess what? God will not pray for you in the supplication request part, that is. You have to make the prayers. You have to come and pray yourself. But he answers the prayers. So the power of prayer is not in our prayers, but in his answering. <laughs> Many times we are, you some people are so confident in their prayers. When I pray, who are you? Sometimes it's good to pray if you think you pray well. Praise God for you. But you see, don't, your, don't put your confidence in your prayers. Put your confidence in your God that answers prayers. Unto he that answers prayers shall all flesh come. When we gather tomorrow at the vigils, beginning tomorrow at the daily vigils, we are not coming because we are spiritual or we are holy or we can pray or we are perfect or we are the people. Oh, come and see America wonder. That is not why we are gathered. We are gathered to the God that answers prayers. And it's unto him shall all flesh come. So our confidence is not in our prowess. Our confidence is in his power to deliver and to save. If the Lord be with me. You know, when you read it in the original, it's very interesting. The verse 12, bring it up again. This is the NLC. It says, but if the Lord, but if, it sounds like a conditional statement. The Lord be with me. I will drive them out. What's going on here? If you look at the NRSV, NRSV is closest to the original text, you know, that we have. It says, so give me this hill country, which the Lord spoke to me, for you heard on that day how the Anakim were there and with the great fortified cities. It may be, now listen, it may be that the Lord will be with me. So this guy is going to face giants and he's saying, it may be that the Lord will be with me and I shall drive them out. Is it that he's full of doubt? Is he doubting? What's going on? No, he wasn't doubting. And here's the secret. Here's the secret. He knew what every giant killer knows. He knew what every territory taker knows. The same thing David knew when he ran towards Goliath. He knew that that mindset of waiting and sitting will not help. He knew what Gideon told his armor bearers. Let's fall upon them. If, if he goes this way, the Lord is with us. If he goes that way, the Lord is with us. Do you, do you remember that story? And what is it, Pastor? <clears throat> is this. Giant killers and territory takers, they take action and see God's faithfulness. Ordinary people want to see God's faithfulness before they take action. 
giant killers and territory takers, they take action. And God meets them. God, they see God's faithfulness. Ordinary people. Show yourself, Lord. Show yourself, Lord. Show yourself. Whoa. Take the step. Oh, Lord. Come down. And leave this guy that. Oh, Lord. It's good. That's what is good. For many times, they sing it on the back foot. We sing it reactively. God wants us to sing it on the front foot and sing it proactively and take the battle to the enemy. He said, I am going. Paradventure, the Lord will be faithful to keep his word. This is what God's word has said. I am going to take this action. I'm going to see if he's going to be faithful. Caleb's name was faithful. That's the meaning of his name. He was saying, I know how to follow him wholeheartedly. I know how to be faithful. I'm going to take this step and see if he's more faithful than I am. Many times, we sacrifice for God, we give for God, we do things for God. And when God expects us to take action to prove him, we back down. And God is saying, do you think you are better than me? If you can be there for me, don't you think I will be there for you? You think that you will take that step and I will not back it up? Praise the name of the Lord. Giant killers and territory takers. They take action and see God's faithfulness. Ordinary people, the mediocre group, not in God's movie house. They pray and fast. To see God's faithfulness before they take action. No, 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 no. The question to you today, this morning, is are you going to take action? Are you going to say, like Caleb said, bring it on. Bring on the promises. Bring on the giants. Bring it on. Bring it on. Bring it on. Bring it on. What's it going to be? Are you assured of his presence with you as you go? Or not? Let's burn our hearts as we burn our heads. These are questions that you have to turn around. Are you going to take action this morning? And for many of us, we are here. Are you going to take action and commit your life to this God? This God that is faithful. This God that will not turn his back on you. Are you going to take action this morning? You're like, Pastor, I want to take action. Pray with me. I want to commit my life to Jesus. I've never given my life to him. Or I want to be born again. Or I used to be with him. I backslidden. Can I come back? I want to walk with God. I want to take territories. I want to slay giants. Can you pray with me? Yes, I want to pray with you. Should you come forward? Should I come forward? No. Wherever you are seated, I'll pray with you. Pastor, that is me. Pray with me. Put up your hand now over your head quickly. Yeah, put up your hand, put up your hand well. God bless you. Put it up well. Shoot it up. God bless you right there. God bless you right there. Keep your hands up. That is me. Keep it up. God bless you. God bless you. Keep it up. Over your head. Over your head. Shoot. Shoot it up. Shoot it up. God bless you. If you are online, the instructions are scrolling. The rest of us, let's talk to God. What is holding me down? Many of us need to say to the Lord, bring it on, bring on the promises. This is what you have said. Many of us need to say, bring on the giants. 
they will be as bread for us. Father, we thank you. We give you praise and glory, Lord. We are able to go up and take the mountains. And possess the land from Jordan to the sea. No giants may be We are able, we are able to go up and take the mountain to possess the land from Jordan to the sea. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for everyone that is surrounding to you here online. Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus that you reveal yourself to these ones in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we, as we have heard your word, we say, bring it on. Bring on your promises. Bring on the giants because they will be bread for us. Because your presence is with us. We give you praise and glory, Lord. Honor and glory we give unto you. In Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed. Amen. Let's pray together for the Lord for his kindness and mercy and compassion.